than a brother. But sometimes we get so wrapped up in the situation, we can't sense him. We can't feel him. We lose sight of him. But I'm here to tell you, in your valley, he's with you. On the mountaintop, he's with you. Anywhere between the two of you ascending or descending, he's with you. Sometimes we just need him to help us know that he's there. And if we need it, how much more does the lost need it? As we pray tonight, again, begin to thank the Lord for the salvation of those that you are praying for. Begin to trust and believe already for their salvation because the price has already been paid. Father, tonight, once again, we thank you for the opportunity of coming, gathering in your house, worshiping you. We thank you that you're walking through it with us. Though sometimes we forget you're there. Sometimes we look around and we don't see you there. You're there. But we're blinded by the situation. So tonight, Lord, I say take the blinders off. Take the situation as we put them in your hands. As we give them to you tonight. Lord, even before we pray for the lost, we lift our church in Bermuda. We lift our pastor his wife is coming through rehab. The doors of the church have been shut by the government. But Lord, once again, I'm going to stand here and thank you for revival that's going to break loose. Lord, this seems so dismal right now, but I believe your spirit's going to break loose on that island like never before. We lift Pastor Arnold to you right now. We lift the congregation to you right now. We ask you to touch and to bless. Lord, the members of the ACM throughout the globe, the ministries represented by the network, we bring them to you tonight. We ask you, God, once again to pour out blessings. Father, we lift our family members that don't know you, a co-worker and the neighbor, Lord, the friend that we may have been praying for for years, the one we haven't met yet, we're thanking you tonight for their salvation. We're going to shut the physical eyes and begin to look through the eyes of the Spirit and trust you and believe you and thank you for them coming to the kingdom. Once again, we tell the enemy you're defeated. You're defeated and we walk victorious. Father, we lift the ministries of this house. We lift the chaplains, Destiny School, the prayer ministries, deliverance, all that goes underneath the roof of this house. We ask you to bless, and once again, we bring our bishop and Dr. Cheryl to you. We ask for the physical touch on Bishop, strengthen his body. Father, strengthen pastor tonight, Dr. Cheryl. 
our shepherd. Touch her even now, Lord, with a fresh touch, fresh anointing. Refresh her mind. Refresh her spirit. Refresh her body. Lord, we lift Apostle Sister C, Dr. Sister Garner to you. Thank you for the many years that they've been out. We ask you to continue to give them sharp minds, strengthen their bodies as they continue to share your word. But one more time, we ask you, Holy Spirit, have your way in the service tonight. Let us walk out different than we came in, knowing, knowing that we have been in your presence. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, I want to look tonight at what God is doing tonight. Amen? I want to welcome our live stream family. So good to have you with us. And we want to focus in on keeping our eyes on Jesus. Amen? We're in an hour where we have got to get focused. We've got to get focused. Keep our eyes on the Lord. How many of you find distractions are easy? Real easy in this hour. Too many distractions. But we're in the fourth month of the Hebrew year. And that, year, that month is called Tammuz. T-A-M-M-U-Z. So this fourth month of the year that we're in, in the Hebrew, Tamas, T-A-M-M-U-Z, what is it? it depicted as a picture of a swinging door, wide open door. And it particularly swings open into summer. Because in this month, it is the month of summer beginning, correct? And so summer started June 21st for us in the natural Gregorian calendar. But in the Hebrew calendar, this month began the first day of Tammuz. And that word summer is in the Hebrew, Ketz, K-A-I-T-Z. Now listen to the translation in the Hebrew of Ketz, or summer. It means the holiday of the eyes. The holiday of the eyes. And it is a month where we must focus, and the Lord has us focusing on what we see. Are you with me? It is important this month in Tamas that you pay attention to what you are seeing. So how many of you got to maybe take a look at what you're looking at? How many of you maybe God is saying, hey, don't focus or look at that. Look at this. 
How many of you find in this month God is redirecting your focus? And the enemy is working diligently for your focus, right? But God is adamant in this month of tamens. He's adamant about where you put your eyes. Just lift your hands tonight. Say, Lord, help me focus on you, on what you're doing. Give me a fresh perspective of what's happening and how you are at work behind the scenes. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to focus on what God wants. Make sense? I don't want to focus and look at things the way I see them. How many of you have found that you can look at something and somebody else can look at something and see two different things? Is that crazy or what? But it's because we all come with a different perspective. We all come with different backgrounds and uh, events that occur in our lives. And so we all see things differently. What is a burden to some is a blessing to others. Look at your neighbor and say, that is weird. It can get really weird. Our vision, where we put our eyes. Now look with me at Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body's full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body's full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Wow. Look at your neighbor and say, it matters what you see. Isn't that true? Matters where you're looking. Your vision and your ability to see will either lead you to idolatry. Hello. Or it will lead you to worship God. Where you look, the way you look, what you see, you're either going to fall into idolatry or worship. I don't want to fall into idolatry. I don't want to idolize nothing and no one but Jesus. In this month of Tamas, this is when Israel lost their focus. This is the time in the word of God where Moses goes to the mountaintop to get the Ten Commandments. So, you got to picture this. Millions of Jews. See, if they say 6 million, but that means there's more than 12 million because they don't count women and children. So figure millions of these Jewish people are at the base of the mountain and 
Pastor Mo says, I'm going up to the mountaintop to talk to God. I will be back. They didn't plan on him being gone so long. So they're getting upset and they're getting impatient. And they're like, what's going on? How come he ain't coming down? And they start to mutter and they start to jump to conclusions because of their perspective, what they're seeing. So they lose their focus. And what did they go and do? They made a golden calf. Now, we look at that and we think, boy, are they dumb. Like, I wouldn't have made a golden calf if Pastor Mo went to the mountain. I'd figure he got lost with God. He's going to be back. No, you wouldn't. Because sometimes God doesn't come and do things the way you want them done, when you want them done. And so you resort to your own ideas and strategies to fix something or to make things happen. And you get your own golden calf going. Hello. We do our own thing, so to speak. They were doing their own thing. And they lost their focus. How many of you right now could even think, wow, yes, I can remember when I did that. When I was just waiting on God, waiting on God, and nothing was happening. So I made something happen. And that thing became your little golden calf. And here comes Pastor Mo down the mountain. And for lack of better words, he could not believe his eyes. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. And so he smashed the tablets And he smashed the golden calf because they were in the month of Tamids. They were in the month where it was turning to summer and they were having a holiday with their eyes. (laughs) And they lost their focus. They lost their vision of waiting How many of you have found God makes you wait sometimes? And the Bible tells us, wait on the Lord. But we don't like to wait. You know, I've said it over and over and over again. We are in very impatient society. We don't even like waiting in the fast food line. Right? You're in the fast food line. Man, during this pandemic, I was driving down Gratiot Avenue, and there's some fast food place called Panda Express. I bet that line was around the building, down Gratiot. And I thought, wow, these people are hungry. Or they got some really good stuff in there because those people were going to wait. And one person told me they waited almost an hour and a half in line. I mean, you got to admit, the pandemic did some work in us. It made us wait in some instances. 
When we look for a quick fix, when we look for those idols in our lives, those things we want to lean on instead of God, those things that get our attention and our focus instead of God, those things enslave us. They really do. You become a slave to that thing. And see, I don't know what yours are. I know I have to ask God to show me mine. How many of you believe that sometimes we don't even know what they are? That's why we got to get alone with Jesus. That's why we got to have time with God. Once you do destroy these idols, these things that you're focused on. Guess what God does when you say, God, I surrender here. Take this thing. It can be anything. You know, it can be a loved one going through a hard time and you're just consumed with anxiety or fear or worry for them. And God will say, can I have that, please? And you just give it to him. And when you give him this junk, it is awesome because he gets your eyes redirected, your focus, and you're looking at him now. How many of you were here uh, a couple weeks back? I think I preached a word and I said, God gave me a new motto, out of my hands, Lord, and into yours. That is it. That's it right there. Every time I start to get focused on an issue or a problem or something that I, I just really am, uh, you know, upset about or concerned about, then I just like, okay, I see where this is going. Out of my hands, Lord, into yours. <laughs> because I don't want that focus, that idol in my way. Say, out of my hands, Lord, into yours. Redirect my focus. Redirect what I look at. You know, uh, yesterday, and we got a praise report today too, but yesterday uh, we got a call from uh, a family who's, 19-year-old son jumped into a body of water in, in Florida and hit a sandbar and so uh, severed, or not severed, but did some damage, broke some area of the spine or something. So paralyzed, no feeling from the chest down. So we went there yesterday to pray, and we all were laying hands on him, and you know, he was so beautiful, such a fine young man, and, uh, you know, he was so open. He just wanted anything of God that we had, and, you know, he was believing with us, and, you know, it, it was just awesome because there was no doubt in the room. There was no doubt. We shoved all the doubt out, and it was just us believers, and, you know, we just laid hands on him, and we began to pray for healing and that he would have some feeling. And all of a sudden, he just his eyes got really big and he goes, it's weird, there's like a tingling going on. And then this morning, uh, the mom, she 
texted our leader for evangelism and said, I just got to tell you, I know that the hour is early. You know, it was like 6 o'clock this morning. She said, but he's got tingling all over his legs and body. Now, see, our focus was healing. Our focus was God can do anything. Our focus was we're not going to walk in any doubt. And when we left there, one of my little, one of the little team members, she was new, and she looked at me and she said, man, I was kind of bummed because, I, you know, nothing happened. I said, oh, something happened. <laughs> Lots happened. But I said, healing can be a process. Because that's what God kept speaking to me while we were praying. Process. It's a process. I'm going to use this to do a work in his life. It's a process. See, we can't, you don't go lay hands on somebody for healing and then in your mind you're thinking, oh, this ain't going to work. Don't bother. Don't waste your time. Go with full focus. Not on you. Not on what you can do in your situation. But focus on, man, God can do anything. He's the God of the impossible. Are you getting this? Where are you looking? Now, look at 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place here. Uh, Proverbs 4.23. This is really key. Look at this. Above all else, guard your heart. Now, look at this. For everything, say everything, everything. that you do flows from it. Whoa. Look at your neighbors say, what's flowing out of your heart? <laughs> we got to examine these hearts. It all begins in your heart. That's where it all starts. In your innermost being. So then I have to ask you this tonight. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you really filled with the Holy Ghost? And the reason I say that is because there's a whole lot of Christianity walking around that have not even experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I ain't talking about praying in tongues. Get that out of your mind for a second. I'm talking about when you get saved, you get this infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said, I got to go so that he can come. Well, where is he coming to? You and me. But if we just pray a little prayer and think, okay, now I'm on my way and I just do my thing. And live any old way I want and don't get filled with that Holy Spirit to convict, to convince, to do a work. And I don't know if you're saved. Oops. Don't say that, Dr. Shit. I'm sorry. Because saints, there should be change. There should be a difference Every morning, man, I pray, say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Because I don't want to be full of Cheryl. Are you getting this? 
Because when I have stuff flow out of my heart, I want it to be God. Because I know what Cheryl's capable of. How many of you are getting this? We got to be redirected. It starts right out of our hearts. Look at this, Matthew 6.21. Look at this. For where your treasure is, uh-oh, there your heart is. Whew. What's in your heart? What's your treasure? What do we treasure? Is God an afterthought? Is Jesus somebody you just cry out to when you're desperate and you're going through stuff? Is he a part-time Jesus? No, we got to be crying out to him. Talk to him all day long. Keep talking to him. Keep telling him, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Let my heart flow with you. And just keep talking to him like he's sitting right next to you all day long. I'll be driving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that parking spot. I'll be driving along and, you know, somebody will be driving by or stopped at a light and I'll just smile and say, God bless you. There was a little man standing by the roadside today as I was running a couple errands and I just grabbed one of our thank you cards that we have that's got the sinner's prayer on it with a couple bucks and I said, here, God bless you. And he just looked at me like, wow. He goes, thanks. I said, read the card. We have to seek him. Seek him. Seek him. Talk to him. Constant. That's what guards your heart. Yes? That's how you can guard your heart when you just keep him at the forefront and you just keep on it and talking to him. I talk to him if I'm upset. I talk to him if I'm fine. I talk to him and singing praises. I'm talking all day long. I don't just go in my little prayer closet in the morning and have my little hour with him and then say, see you, Jesus, and off I go. I say, Thank you, Lord, for this time. Now let's go, Lord. We got a full day. Right? We got to get redirected. We got to watch what we're focused on. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. Did I give you guys that one? See, my mistake. Because we have an awesome sound crew. Amen? Give God a praise for them. All right. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bible with you, I'll read it. But 2 Corinthians 4.18. We concentrate not on what is seen, but on what is not seen. Since things seen are temporary, but things not seen are eternal. Wow. God wants you fixing your eyes on the hidden things. On the things that you can't see. God wants you looking at that. 
In other words, God wants you pulling him into everything. You can't see him. You can't touch him tangible, but you can pull him in. And he's behind the scenes. Right? The other day I was counseling someone and they were just really upset and in, in, in tears. And uh, she looked at me and she said, is it just hopeless? Is this hopeless? I said, oh, no. And she just looked at me. She goes, no. I said, oh, no. God is up to something. God's up to something. God is behind the scenes doing stuff. When Mo went to the mountain, God was doing something up on the mountain behind the scenes, and the people were impatient and didn't get it. Because where was their focus? See, where is your focus? Don't look at your situation and say, this is hopeless. Say, okay, God, it looks a little questionable. But you know what, God, what are you up to? You're, you're up to something, God. I just know it. Man, that shuts that devil down. He runs in circles, chasing his tail. He don't know what to do. God is behind the scenes. He wants you to look at that which is unseen, that you can't see. He wants you to trust in him. Another definition for temas in Hebrew is the hidden or the unseen. Ah. God wants you looking at the hidden things. See, how do you see hidden things? Let me show you this. John 20, 29. Do I have that one? Yes. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Wow. See, when you turn to the Lord in your situation and you say, out of my hands, God, guess what? God pulls the veil off. And suddenly you're seeing. Your eyes are on Jesus and you see. You know, uh, if you were here this morning, Eddie said something very powerful. He said, at the most intense point of anxiety or conflict or uh, trial, he said, is really the, the moment of breakthrough, right? So like last night, there is a couple and I was really crying out to God for them because, you know, it just, it, it looked like a mess and I'm just crying out to God and crying out to God in the wee hours of the morning. I said, God, you got to do something. I said, you know what, Lord? Out of my hands and into yours. Because i got to get some sleep here. <laughs> and God spoke to me and he said, I'm doing something. So you just chill out because I'm going to do something. And this morning, God did something. Breakthrough came. You see, right at that moment, man, where you're ready to throw your hands up in the air and scream, God's doing something because he takes that veil off of that which is not seen 
and you can see. And I saw, and I just thought, man, that's so awesome. You've got to ask God to get you focused so that you can see the way he sees. His perfect light exposes the hidden things in our lives. Wow. So I was doing an inner healing on someone the other day. And it was, it's so cute because sometimes they'll sit in my, at my office and um, I'll say, okay, we're going to do some inner healing. And they'll go, oh, um, I had a really good childhood. I don't have anything wrong. So I just smile. And I said, well, maybe you did, but maybe God wants to show you some hurts. Oh, but I had the ideal childhood. And I just smile. I said, okay, well. Let's just see what the Holy Spirit shows us. I said, close your eyes. And they close their eyes, and inevitably, they either start crying, or they just sit there and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I remember this. And the other day, this person just started weeping. And they saw stuff. They saw the hurt in their childhood. And we began to pray and do the inner healing. And God shed his light on a very hurtful moment. But see, the thing I love about Jesus is whatever he reveals, he heals. He don't show you stuff to wound you more, to make you feel bad. He shows you just enough to heal it. That is that month of Tamas right now. God is using this month to just do a work in you, to show you stuff, to show you stuff in you that's got to get taken care of, to show you that there's another way to look at things. You know, when you um, clean glass, okay, like... My door wall, every week I have to, well, every other day sometimes, I have to just Windex it because my dogs get up to the window and there's snoots on there and they're licking the window. And so my, my door wall glass is all nasty sometimes. And then I'll get the Windex and I'll shh and wipe it off. And all of a sudden, I can see out that window. How many of you have ever cleaned your glasses, if you wear glasses? And you take the lens wipe and you think, wow, I can see. And that's what God does. He gets his great big bottle of Windex and he wipes it all down. And suddenly you're like, oh, I can see. I can see why this is happening. I can see why I'm going through this. I can see what's going on. I have a new perspective. He's an awesome God. Here's something interesting. God highlights very often the right hand index finger. Hold your index finger up. What does your index finger do? 
it points, right? And if we point up, in fact, uh, our bishop, I love him, every time he takes a picture, if he takes it with me or with anybody, he'll get in the picture and he'll go like that. He's always pointing to Jesus. See, because God highlights that finger so much in the Jewish culture, this is really interesting, the bride always wears her wedding band on the right index finger. Isn't that cool? Look at your neighbor and say, we're the bride. Ah. God wants us to wear our wedding ring on the index finger because the reason they do it in the Jewish culture is because it turns the attention of the bride to her groom. God wants us always pointing toward him, always looking toward him, always focused on him. Just think of how much junk falls away when you're focused on him all the time. He highlights that finger. I love that. I want to focus on Jesus. I want my attention directed on the bridegroom. Does that make sense? We've got to focus. Now here's the second meaning of tamens. The first one is it means to uh, look, the holiday of the eyes. The second meaning of tamas, this is interesting, it means to connect. In this month, you are going through a connecting period. This month, it's what is called the month of tamas, but it's called this period of time, this month is called between the straits. Between the straits. S-T-R-A-I-T-S. And it means connect. And what's happening in this month is in the Hebrew, God is taking his people from one large place to another larger place, but he's taking you through a narrow way. Think about that. You're going from one large place, but he's then moving you into another larger place, but you got to go through this narrow gate. I looked up and I said, God, that sounds like the squeeze to me. <laughs> How many of you are getting squeezed by God? The squeeze is on. You're going through that narrow place. And the only way God said this is not a season where I am taking something away from you. He says this is a season where I'm causing you in the narrow way to stay focused on me. And as you focus and as you worship and as you praise him through this narrow way, you are protected by his presence. 
He says, I'm not taking something away from you in this season. I am showing you the power of my presence. Wow. So it is a time for you to really get focused on him. Get in that narrow place and worship him and praise him and focus on him. And he says, and as you do that, I am causing you to be protected and I am giving you eyes to see and ears to hear. Look with me at Matthew 7, 14. Now look at that. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only, look at this, a few find it. How many of you feel like that really gets a new perspective in your mind of salvation. We're going through a narrow gate. The only way you get through it is you worship, you praise him, you thank him, you focus on him, and you're going to get through it. You don't fret. You don't get anxietous. You don't get your eyes on junk you shouldn't be looking at. You don't look at things in a negative. You keep your eyes focused on him. And he's up to something. He's doing something. See, it's all about perspective. How are you looking at this thing? Now, I know it's hard to lose someone we love, right? How many of you would say, yeah, it's just really hard. It's really hard to lose a loved one. But I can't help rejoice when they know Jesus. Right? Because it's not like they've gone somewhere. They graduated and we get to see them if we know Jesus. Why do we not get that perspective? Do you know that in biblical times in the Jewish culture, not even biblical times, today they still do this. They hire mourners. I'm so serious. They will hire people to sit at the house during what we call Shiva, and they will sit for seven days. They'll turn the couch uh, pillows up so you're not comfortable. The whole idea is so that you don't, be comfortable and you sit on the hard part of the couch or the chair and the mirrors are turned away the other side so that you're not focusing on yourself and there's no joy you sit and you mourn and you you know they hire mourners to do nothing but sit there and cry and wail and weep and I'd be like okay I am so out of here because we don't have to mourn. But see, they don't, their Messiah's not come yet. Hello? They're still waiting. And I'm like, oh no, he's here. Woo! Hallelujah. 
And me and my cousin, you know, we had a relative pass. We just got up and we said, okay, let's go have some lunch. <laughs> because we don't need to mourn. He is everything. You go through a narrow place when someone passes that you love. You go through a narrow place when the bottom falls out of your situation. You're going through a narrow place. But man, you know what he wants you to do? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I thank you. You let me, uh, took me through this, and you took me through that, and you're going to take me through this narrow place. And Lord, I just give you praise. That's what he wants you to do. You say, well, Dr. Cheryl, that's hard. I know it. But determine that you're going to change your perspective, that you are having a holiday of the eyes with him. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you looking at? Yeah. Where is your gaze? You know, live stream family, what are you looking at? Where do you focus? Because he wants us focused on him. He's a jealous God. He's not going to share us with fear, anger, worry, doubt. He's not going to. He wants you to put that junk aside and focus on him. And this is the month he's doing it. How many of you are like sitting there going, I can't believe it. That is so true. This month, I feel like I'm being squeezed in every area. <laughs> yeah. See, the question I have tonight is where are you gazing? And are you looking with natural eyes or are you looking with spiritual eyes? We got to train these spiritual eyes. Because we tend to focus on the natural eyes, where we're looking, where we see things. And we're going, oh, my God, but look, it doesn't that look awful? Oh, and oh, look at this. This looks awful. Yeah, stop looking at it with your natural eyes. Look at it with your spirit eyes. You know, uh, we had to climb three sets of stairs to get to this young man yesterday. And as I'm climbing those steps, the Lord's going, don't look with your natural eyes. I'm going, okay. He called, that's all I could do is pray in tongues. And every step up, I'm going, God, no natural eyes here. We are looking with spirit eyes. And uh, maybe about three months ago, we had gone to a meeting with W.V. Grant, a great general in the kingdom of God. And W.V. prophesied, and he grabbed my hand, my right hand, and he said, lady, there is healing in this hand. And I said, okay. And he said, so God says, stop not using it. Okay. So every time I can pray for healing, I always lay this hand. And I, yesterday, when I prayed for the young man, I laid this hand on his limbs. And I said, God, you said 
You said, God, there's healing in these hands. You said it, God, so it don't even matter if I doubt. You said, God, and I'm believing what you said. And he just looked up and he goes, my legs are tingling. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Because the temptation is always there to doubt, right? It just is. But I said, nope, God, you said, you said there's healing in this hand. What are you looking at and how are you looking at it? Have you become impatient? Have you become impatient with your situations or your circumstance or whatever and decided to create your own golden calf? I don't know. I have to look at my own. <laughs> but I know one thing. I don't want any golden calves. I'm not a fan. How many of you don't want any golden calves? That's right. See, we got to ask God this tonight. Lord, you got to reveal our idols to us. Reveal them to us, Lord. Tell us, show us. We have to guard our hearts. And only you can show us how to do this. We have to look at the ability to see what is not seen. I want you to look at Psalm 25, verse 15. We're closing tonight. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. See, when your eyes are always on the Lord, you don't get into a snare. You don't get trapped. A snare is a trap. You know, take this scripture and memorize it. Run around all day going, my eyes are ever on the Lord, Psalm 25, 15. That's what I do. I grab a scripture and I just hold on to it and I say it all day long. I like this one. Psalm 25, 15, my eyes are ever on the Lord. So take that, devil. My eyes are ever on the Lord. You know that gives him a black eye every time you use the word. Look at your connections. You're in the month of connecting. Look at what you're connecting to. Pay attention to what and who you're shaking hands with in agreement. Hello? You know, Bishop's been in and out doing some testing and having some work done on his uh, heart. And so, uh, you know, last week we were in... Uh, getting some testing done and uh, the doc comes in and you just got to know this doctor, I love him. He's one of the finest cardiac uh, surgeons in the country, and, but he's all business. <laughs> and he, he's a Christian. He knows Jesus. But he's all business and he doesn't have a real, he's not real warm and cuddly. <laughs> so he comes in the room and he says, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. And he's going to be fine. 
I said, man, that's awesome. And I said, Doc, I said, you're the bomb.com. And he just looked at me and he goes, oh, okay, thanks. And he walked out. Because, see, he was not going to say, well, I don't know if this will work. We only got this, this much of a chance. He was confident in who? Jesus and himself and what he could do. Are you confident tonight in who you are in Christ? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Are you constantly being filled? Listen, in the scriptures, Paul says, be ever filled. That's not a one-time deal when you pray the sinner's prayer. You've got to keep asking the Holy Ghost to fill you up. That word, even in the Greek, translates a constant infilling. We got to be constantly filled because we get some leaks in us. When you're constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit, man, you just don't have time for Satan's nonsense. Let's pray tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands right where you're at. Close your eyes. I want God to show you tonight. God, we just come very humble before you, Lord. We come needing you, dependent on you. Father, grant us tonight the gift of repentance. That ability, God, where whatever you show us tonight, whatever you reveal, you're going to heal and we will turn from that thing. Lord, we're asking you to guard our hearts tonight. We're asking you to show us any idols. Let God just show you. Go through your life right now. And anything that's had your focus even this week, I want you to tear it down right now. If you've been focused on a broken marriage, if you've been focused on sickness or disease, if you've been focused on a bad habit or an addiction or whatever, I want you to just lay it right now at the feet of Jesus and give it up. It's an idol because it's got your attention. God, we lay down these idols. We lay them down tonight. We crush them. We smash and destroy idols in our lives. Because we don't want them. We want you, Jesus. God, show us tonight. Show us who we're connecting to. Show us what we're connecting to. Show us who we've been shaking hands with in agreement. And if it's not of you, God, we tear it down right now. We don't want anything bigger than you in our lives.
Help us, Jesus. Help us, show us. If we think that this whole life is just all about us, if our focus has been ourselves, then get us out of the way, Jesus. And we just put our whole lives right now into your hands. We want to keep our eyes ever focused on you, according to Psalm 25, 15. Forgive us. Forgive us for focusing on anything that gets in the way of our worship of you. God, if we've created any golden calves, we smash them. We smash them in the name of Jesus. love on him. Just begin to worship him right where you're at. Just begin to thank him and praise him. Give him all the glory. God, we worship you tonight. We just lift you up. We praise your name tonight, Jesus. We give you the worship as you are taking us through this narrow way. You're moving us into a larger place. We just worship you. We thank you tonight for your presence. Oh, Jalen, Jalen, God kind of brought me your, you to my attention. I just really sense the Lord saying this really meant something to you tonight. You've been going through some stuff, and the enemy's just really trying to get you focused over here, focused over there, looking everywhere, and it's brought confusion, and it's brought you a time where you're just feeling like, why bother? I just want to cash it in and give up. God says to tell you tonight, Jalen, he's in your corner. And God said that your breakthrough is right there. It's right there. It's, it's in a breath. God says don't give up. That there is uh, an opportunity opening up. And you're a little bit like, I don't know. And God says just follow your heart. God's in it and he's showing you. 
And he says that his, his heart and his plan for you is really good. And he's going to bless you. But that he's caused you to totally lean on him for this. And it's kind of taken you to a whole nother level in God. And God says he's going to get rid of the discouragement, get rid of the despair. And he's just going to cause you to rise above and triumph in this season. And God says that you don't even realize it, but there's some folks around you watching what you're going to do. And God says, because you're trusting God, they know that you trust God. It's going to take them into another level too of their relationship with God. And so God says, Jalen, be encouraged because God says, my hand's upon you. And God says, I'm protecting you and you can't make a wrong move, says the Lord. Because he says, I'm going to bless, bless, bless in this next season. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Michelle. I just really heard the Lord say that you are just such a blessing in his kingdom. God says your heart, you are a prayer warrior like nobody's business. You pray and when you say you're going to pray, you do it. And God says to tell you that he's working out this situation you've been very concerned about. But you're trusting God. And every time the enemy wants to bring, uh, you know, that doubt, God says, you, you, you know, you say, nope, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. And God says, get ready to receive the blessing because he's turning some things around. God says, Michelle, that you have come to another uh, place in your walk with God because it's like a breath of fresh air since you've been here. And God says, you just feel like you've finally come home. And God says to tell you that you're in the right place, doing the right thing at the right time. So God says, just rejoice because your growth is going to be incredible. By the end of this, this season, you're not even going to recognize yourself. And God says, I'm moving on your family and I'm moving in your finances. So God says, get ready to receive it, daughter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just give you all the glory tonight. We thank you that you are taking us through this narrow gate but God you can squeeze all the junk out just God bring that Holy Ghost in filling for a fresh increase come on lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost oh, Holy Spirit fall and fill us up fresh Holy Spirit of God God, we thank you tonight. We thank you that we're fresh, that we're charged, that we're ready to face another week. God, we give you praise and glory that you're going to use us again this week to heal, restore, set free, and touch a life and win a soul to Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah.